Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and we're back with a little bonus episode this week. Already feeling fun and flirty with this one, aka it's a Raptor Reactions video. And I wanted to comment, I've actually never done anything like this before with another Jurassic community member's content, but Clayton Fioriti, the Jurassic scholar, such a great dude. I was actually just... Because this week I recorded, um, or this week, or last week, I guess I should say, I put in an episode with Tom Fishenden, and the three of us all hung out and saw Fallen Kingdom two years ago uh, in London. So it's funny that these kind of things happen again at the same time. But uh, Clayton, uh, you know, if you don't watch his videos, you definitely should. He He's the kind of person who will talk about corners of the Jurassic universe that you've never thought about. And even as somebody like myself growing up who was more familiar with, yes, I had the toys and watched the movies and read the books, but like he'll talk about the comics. I mean, just the, the tiniest little details he'll go and make full videos about, which is really cool because I feel like he's always bringing up stuff behind the scenes stuff, you know, original versions of scripts. And, you know, he just is always finding something new to talk about. 
uh, in this universe. So he put out a video called Top 10 Jurassic World Dominion Theories with Swerve. Swerve is a dinosaur gamer, and he plays a lot of like Jurassic Evolution. And I think the Isle or... Anyway, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just starting to get familiar with his videos too. And I, he did an interview with Clayton a while back that was really great. And in this video, they basically, because again, it's this thing. It's funny because so the actual episode, the actual Sea Jurassic right this week is with Lola Binkard, and we talk about our favorite scenes from the original Jurassic Park and Lost World novels that we would like to see in Jurassic World Dominion or beyond. So this is this response uh, podcast to, to Clayton and Swerve's uh, interview and conversation. It's kind of a flip side to that coin because, because filming has been halted, although there has been news that Dominion could resume filming in July. So uh, so, you know, this gap might, but again, the film still might be delayed till 2022. So, it feels like we got an extra we it feels like we at least got an extra 6 months of speculating and theorizing and stuff. I thought we were done when Dominion started filming because that's when you actually start to learn concrete things about the film and so the theories aren't necessarily as wild and crazy because it's like you have you know, you see a little behind the scenes footage, you see this, you see that, maybe you see a trailer, a plot synopsis and then you kind of just and at least now we have the full cast so that kind of creates a new layer of speculation so it's like let's have fun with this for a little bit longer so they basically went through 10 theories that they had the, their kind of favorite theories uh, about dominion so i just wanted to jump in and respond to each of them cuz they brought up a lot of interesting stuff that i hadn't thought about and that's what's so cool again about this period where they're, the sky's the limit as far as speculating, but there's still a hint of things that we we know about that at least make stuff feel possible in the sense that we knew some of the locations, we know the cast, there was a leaked plot synopsis a while back that I don't feel confident about. I mean, it's it's one of those kind of like on the side of a box, like you know, on a, on a cereal box, like Jurassic world dominion dinosaurs roam the mainland. It's like, okay, that's, that's, there's nothing, there's no new information there. So, and so, and I guess, yeah. So, I'll, so right now I'll just go into stuff and, but the thing I'm interested about and um, Clayton and Swerve again, I love the interview. I love the conversation. So much good stuff. So much stuff to chew on. Again, things that I had never thought about before. So obviously, I'm going to put a link to that video. I want all of you to come watch it. I mean, watch it and come back or vice versa, do whatever. Um, but it's such a great video. And, you know, it's video, so it's got footage and things like that. So it's really cool. But um, I'm curious if Clayton or Swerve, if you listen to this, if you knew if the news that Frank Marshall announced like concretely that there is going to be more Jurassic films after, after Jurassic world dominion, because I think that kind of affects how I think about some of these theories. And so, yeah, there was an interview uh, again. And next week I will be releasing an interview with uh, Perry Nemiroff of Collider and this news was an exclusive because Collider's been nailing those great Dominion exclusives. And so Christina Radish from, uh, yeah, uh, Christina Radish, um, from Collider, she spoke to Frank Marshall 
And he affirmed that, and I'll put a link to this article as well, that Jurassic World Dominion is not being planned as the conclusion of a franchise, it's the start of a new era. He said after an effusive no when asked if Jurassic World 3 was being envisioned as an endpoint. The dinosaurs are now on the mainland amongst us, and they will be for quite some time, I hope, he added. And yeah, so this article is from Adam Chitwood, and the interview was done by Christina Radish, which is a very having Radish as the last name is very cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so this kind of affects the theories. You know, it, it it definitely affects how I feel about some of these theories. So I'm just curious if Clayton and Swerve knew about it. It doesn't. It sounds like it was recorded before because there's just certain elements. And anyway, I'll just dive into this. And so. The first one is that they 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 feel like Grant is going to meet Blue. And that is such a great idea. And I really like that idea because it's almost like the Raptors have evolved over the course of the franchise. And so what better to put the Raptor expert with the kind of peak Raptor, the height of her powers kind of thing, the last Velociraptor, technically. And so... Yeah, I thought that was very interesting and I really like that idea and I definitely agree with it. I think that feels the potential there for like this idea of like bridging of the franchises feels really cool. And yeah, I, I that one is like that one's pretty straightforward and feels like a very realistic it that feels like a very I mean, you know, when you're telling stories, you want Yes, you want to be you want expectations subverted, you want surprises, but you also want things to feel like they this is how it was supposed to happen. You want the you want it to feel inevitable. Um that was my Thanos impression. Anyway, <laughs> um yeah, this isn't going to be a super long podcast by the way. I'm just going to just run through these and just kind of say some notes and stuff and kind of put more interesting talking points out there because I'd love for this conversation to continue on Twitter, on Facebook, in the Facebook group. Um, you know, if Clayton and Swerve want to do a, a response to this, if somebody else wants to do a response to this, uh, again, their video is called Top 10 Jurassic World Dominion Theories. So I don't know what I'm going to call this. I think I'm going to do it Dominion Theories video response or something like that. Um, so the second one is the Mosasaurus Life or Death. They mentioned the kind of Kraken as an example as sort of a disappointing return. And also they mentioned they were disappointed about the Mosasaurus' role in Fallen Kingdom. But I think the Mosasaurus is such a new beast for this franchise where it's water-dependent. So unless you set a whole movie or a set piece with the Mosasaur, like the opening of the film, like the opening of Fallen Kingdom, or kind of in the montage moment in the end, I don't see a lot of room for the Mosasaur. I, I definitely think the Mosasaur will appear in Dominion, but I don't think they're gonna cage. I was like, I don't think they're gonna cage that bird that easily. Technically, the mosasaurus is not a bird; it's a marine reptile. I like the idea, though, that that I wonder if tracking devices are gonna come into play because all the dinosaurs uh, at Jurassic World had tracking devices. So I wonder if that will mean anything anymore. Like, does Claire? I think uh, Swerve mentioned maybe something about, or no, I think Clayton did about you know. Like maybe there's some offshore technology where they can still track all the dinosaurs, or if that's kind of going to be irrelevant. But I wonder if the the bones of the infrastructure of Jurassic World, because clearly uh, Franklin, who will return, Justice Smith will return. Clearly, him and Claire had the technology to act, to still access, to still access, access to still uh, in excess. 
they had the technology to still to still access things on Isla Nublar after Jurassic World fell. So I wonder if there's going to be this kind of like, just in the way that the dinosaur DNA is now spreading across the globe with different companies getting dinosaurs as well as the dinosaurs themselves escaping. I wonder if people maybe are like looting Isla Nublar or Claire has like a backup unit or something like that. And I wonder if tracking dinosaurs, that to me, that's the concept I think might come into play in these new movies as well. And I think whether it comes to blues return or them needing to find a certain dinosaur for a certain reason or a certain person, Macy, uh, I think that'll definitely come into play. I, I would love it if the Mosasaur had another scene in the movie. I, I personally don't, I don't know if I like, I love the Mosasaur. Look, I'd love for Courtney James Clark to be riding the back of that thing with a sword going into battle against Biosyn or whatever. But uh, I don't know if I necessarily need to have a like a part of them because the thing is, it's like when you have a movie that has a water creature, then the movie has to like most of the movie has to either take place there or or I mean, you know, especially if you're not in the theme park anymore. So I don't know. And I think the theme will be as we go through these theories that this thing is going to be so packed again, there's I don't and I'm going to continue to keep spreading this rumor. There seemed, it seems to be common knowledge now at this point that dominion was supposed to be split into two parts, or at least there was a discussion about it at first. But I think now with the news that, you know, that we're going to get, uh, you know, more, you know, Jurassic world seven, you know, um, or Jurassic world four Jurassic park seven. If we're going to get the franchise to continue after this, the Mosasaur doesn't seem like, that important to me to the overall narrative that they're trying to tell in the Jurassic world trilogy. Although the Mosasaur has become such a big part of Jurassic world that this era of the franchise with the new ride, then I can kind of see it coming back in a big way, maybe in this movie. And maybe, maybe there is a part of, you know, first part of the movie is in the snow and all that stuff. And then maybe part of the movie takes place at sea, you know, you could have this kind of like, land, water, air, you know, Captain Planet style sort of thing happening, like the elements of the earth and the dinosaur. I don't know. Now I'm just going way off tangent. But I mean, yeah, do you want the Mosasaur to have a big part? Do you care if it lives or dies? I I personally like the idea of it existing and kind of, and that's the other thing too, like certain threads, you know, feeling like they need to be closed up or things like that. And I think the Mosasaur is one that they can leave open. So this next one, I love a lot too. And this is something I brought up as well when I was doing some Dominion stuff with Omar and Jam. I was like trying to remember which episode I did that, or which I mentioned this in. But Ian Malcolm in a more antagonistic role. And I really like this because, and I think Clayton, Clayton Ince were both said this, but it's like nobody listens to Malcolm, but he's always right. And last we left off with Malcolm, he said that the just thing would be for the dinosaurs to die on the island. And, you know, they had their shot and nature selected them for extinction. And I think to me, and this will go into another to, to another later theory that they have, but I think we just want to see our favorite characters have fun with each other. And so the idea that Ian Malcolm could be I mean, Jurassic Park has always had friendly antagonism amongst its main characters, but I feel like making him a full-on villain might feel like a bridge too far. And personally, I don't think, if you think of movies like Endgame and Infinity War, where, and, and you know, Civil War and stuff like that, 
where you have the Marvel heroes have their fighting and squabbling. I don't know if Jurassic has earned that. I don't think we've spent enough time with these characters to truly have Ian Malcolm go full like full heel turn in this last movie that feels a little that feels a little too strong and I don't know if we people want that I do like the idea of him being more openly like him being more gruffy even more than like Lost World but I just don't I don't know but I will say um, but I will say that the thing that makes me curious about and this will go into another point a little bit later the thing that makes me so curious about the movie is that it is, as I mentioned before, it is the most returning cast members of any Jurassic movie by threefold. I mean, truly. I mean, Grant, uh, Sattler, Malcolm, Owen, Claire, Macy, Blue, Rexy, uh, Franklin, uh, Daniela, uh, oh shit, what's um, Barry? And uh, Jake Johnson, um, uh, Lowry. I mean, think of how many returning characters in the other Jurassic movies. They're, they're, they're two or three at the most. So this is such a wild... We're in, whole, we're in an all-new era uh, in regards to the way we think about the Jurassic Park movies now. And there was that great... I think it was Forbes or Business Insider article that talked about... Universal restructuring Jurassic to be more like the Fast and the Furious franchise, which makes a lot of sense, like Universal, that they would kind of, you know, from these kind of like one and done separate movies to kind of creating a whole cohesive universe. And I truly think, and I've mentioned this before, that this totally lines up with Frank Marshall's comments that we're kind of putting the we're taking all the disparate puzzle pieces from the previous five Jurassic movies, taking the best of them and putting them together in one movie, Jurassic world dominion to then now jump off into again, a new era. And so maybe that could be, so in that sense, maybe that could set up Malcolm as the antagonist for the rest for new movies going forward. And again, to add to this theory, Every Jurassic Park sequel usually has a few great character actors joining the cast to be a villain. I mean, everybody from Toby Jones and Pete Paul Sweet, who is more of like an antagonist, maybe even a little bit of an antihero. Eh, he's, he's still an antagonist, um, you know, to uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. But this movie, Jurassic World Dominion, has no new big character actors unless they add somebody to the cast later when they resume filming. But the only new cast members are like newbies. And that doesn't mean to say that they're new actors, but it's like they are kind of fresh faced actors in in that regard. Like they're not, they don't have a lot of credits. It's mostly, you know, these are like people who've done TV and a couple movies. Mamuda Athi. I used to know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, he was great in underwater. And again, like, the the new cast, they are all young. And so I don't see any of them being the new central villain. Uh, again, which also makes me think that maybe Wu will be more full villain in this movie because he's always been kind of like the B villain to your main villain in the last, you know, he's been slowly increasing in villainy and complexity. True. So in a way I would feel great if Wu was the main antagonist 
because it kind of feels like we've earned it after reintroducing this character into the franchise, but more on that later. So yeah, but would you want Malcolm as an antagonistic role? I I think I would be okay for him to start to turn if this was the start of that. I don't know if I would want him to heel turn in one movie. I just don't, I don't think this franchise has earned it and I don't know if I would want it. I kind of want our three, our three, you know, at least the three original cast to kind of have fun together have a little bit of fun together while running from dinosaurs. And also we're getting, we're not going to get any new hybrids. So that's to me, what's so interesting is like, who are the villains in this movie? Like, are we going to sort of get a more return to form? I don't think we're going to get Jurassic park where you kind of have Nedry plus nature plus dinosaurs. It's I, I, I'm so curious what they're cooking up. Uh, okay. So the next point is Isla Sorna and the sanctuary. Will we return to well, we never went to the sanctuary, but we saw it in Fallen Kingdom where they were supposedly going to take the dinosaurs to, but Mills lied. And then Isla Sorna, Site B from Lost World in, in JP3. And there's a couple things to break down here. Uh, the sanctuary being real or not, I I, I, I mean, this stuff is... is uh, the point is moot. Um, but I just... The dinosaurs are out. I don't. I don't. I don't see them putting them back on the island. I think. And I think Swerve maybe mentioned this. Like, and dinosaurs and humans coexisting. I just don't think they're going to put them back in the box at the end of this movie. I think it's just. I think the point of this whole franchise was to get a world filled with humans and dinosaurs together, and then now tell stories about that. And so that's what the Jurassic World franchise is. Is sort of been this slow burn of trying to earn what that world would look like. And so to me, Isla Sorna, the sang- it's like, who cares? Like, uh, you know, I like the idea because Swerve mentioned, and it's in the Jurassic Park book, that the Azores archipelago was, I guess, also rented from Hammond so that if they wanted to do a Jurassic Park Europe, they could do that. And I think, yeah, Swerve was saying that the sanctuary kind of looks like the Azores a little bit. Um, if again, if the sanctuary was real and not just an invention from mills to trick Lockwood and then Isla Sorna again, I would still love it. If Claire says Isla Sorna or site B, I got really close in fallen kingdom of having that dream come true. But I think I just, you know, I think the whole point of getting rid of site B was you have this poetic energy of the first Jurassic park Island, the only Island with dinosaurs, being destroyed. And so I feel like thematically having site B just made things weaker and just like plot, like just thematically made everything weaker. And so, I mean, I think that's why anything that has to do with site B has kind of been relegated to the website and kind of this, you know, viral marketing material, because I just don't think it's relevant to the films. I think they might throw a little bit of fan service here or there, but I, you know, maybe we could get it. I just don't, Maybe that's Isla Sorna is where people go to like learn more about the past. And then you could throw in that Hammond footage from, or, you know, audio from Trespasser, because I really want that to happen. But yeah, it just, it just feels like small potatoes to me. Anything that has to do with Isla Sorna. I just feel like, you know, at least in the canon of Jurassic Park as it is now, Isla Sorna was basically like strip mined. You know, uh, Miss Ronnie basically just took dinosaurs from. From Isla took all the dinosaurs from Isla Sorna, and so as far as we know, so because again, it's like, wait, where's the Spinosaurus? Was the Spinosaurus let loose on Isla Nublar after Jurassic World fell? And in the evolution of Claire, a JP3 Velociraptor uh, kills like her 
her her summer fling or whatever. So when she was a when she was in her early twenties. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. I think God, if we if we that's the other thing too, and as far as like thinking about if Clayton and Swerve had known about the news about the future of the franchise when they did this, because to me, stuff like Isla Sorna, it's like eh, that can go in something else. Like that's not again, it feels more like small potatoes. And also again, in in regards to fan service and things like that, it's like movies are only allowed a certain amount of fan service. I think like as far as those little details that are going to make the hardcore fans go crazy, I think Isla Sorna could be one of those fan service moments that might return. I think as far as the future, as far as the new Jurassic franchise, it's like they've really kind of balanced where the fan service is and, and frankly have been kind of conservative with how much fan service they've done. I think they could probably do a lot more, but I don't, I, yeah, I think Isla Sorna could be mentioned or seen maybe in a montage or something. I just don't see it being a main location. I, w- I mean, look, I'd love to be proven wrong. So point number five, which I really like, and there's a lot to discuss here. Um, as far as like, I'd love to hear from everybody about what they think, but feather dinosaurs, more accurate dinosaurs and all this stuff. And I interviewed Dustin Grawick, who everyone knows dinosaur whispered the dino one one series, uh, you know, works with American natural history museum. You know, he asked me this too, about, um, feather dinosaurs and, um, that podcast will come out in a little bit, but right now, like, because Dr. Wu is not the only person making dinosaurs anymore, this is your perfect chance to to introduce feathered and more accurate dinosaurs. I think as far as Colin and Emily and all the design teams work cut out for them is to make a universe where, you know, because all the Jurassic Park dinosaurs still all look like they're cohesive design wise. They all feel real. And so it'd be interesting to see what dinosaurs look like who are made by other people, other scientists. So, and I like this idea. Um, yeah, I think Swerve was saying it like that. Maybe there's a new antagonistic raptor that is like that is covered in feathers. And so it's like a contrast to blue or maybe she finds like a new, like a new family of wild raptors that are feathered and she's kind of the odd one out. Like that stuff feels cute. That stuff feels kind of juicy material to play with. And then as far as feather dinosaurs, um, because we're going to go into the snow, at least for part of the movie with Macy, which is the only footage I believe they've shot so far or the, or the photos that we've seen Collins released like two photos and they both were just Macy walking around in the snow, last of a style. And so I could see opportunities for feather dinosaurs in that regard, or even new creatures like Therizinosaurus, um, Pachyrhinosaurus. Um, that's not a theropod, but you know, people have drawn Pachy. What up, Chris Pugh? Uh, people have drawn Pachyrhinosauruses as sort of like Buffalo kind of style, like covered in kind of fur feathery kind of thing down. Is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, Therizinosaurus is like if a giant sloth was a dinosaur with long claws and there's a helicopter. So there's a lot to think about this one. Do you want feather dinosaurs? Where, where, what does that look like? That's, that's what I want to know. Like, is it, you know, cause Jurassic Park has had this educational element to it throughout the entire franchise. And so, 
I think if they're going to have feathered dinosaurs, I think they're going to just because this is the opportunity to. But I wonder if it would also be a there'd be a point to it. And I feel like with blue and having feathered rat, like I feel like that's a that's a part that feels like it's part of a storytelling element versus like just having feathered dinosaurs. So let me know what you think. Okay, so Doctor Wu and Bison, and so they talked about. Um, Dr. Wu working for Bison, or maybe he's gone completely rogue. And so, first of all, Bison has never been mentioned in the films. I think we can all agree with that. Also, Cameron Thor is a child molester and is in prison. So I don't think they're going to bring back the Dotson character. And I don't, I think if they bring back Biosyn, I think, I think they could use the name Biosyn but I don't think they're going to associate it with Dotson. I just don't, I just feels like it's a weird, it's too, there, there's too much of a weird meta element in real life for them to want to jump into that pool again, but it's interesting. And they pointed this out because I mean, I'm not playing Jurassic world evolution, but in the return to Jurassic park DLC, where they had Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill record new lines for this, what is essentially a sort of, fake sequel to the original Jurassic Park, which would have been based off of, and Clayton's done videos on all this stuff, like the comics and um, even like the toys and the sort of failed uh, animated series about all the main, the trio, like coming back to help him and rebuild Jurassic Park. And so the idea that this stuff is kind of played with and toyed with in the Jurassic World Evolution, which is like a new thing, it hints that that stuff is on their mind. My only thing is that because they did it there, I don't think they're going to do it in the movie. I feel like so much stuff you can kind of look to, did they put it in the viral marketing? Then they probably didn't want to put it in the movie. Like it's, 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 it's that sort of unfortunate thing where it's like, these connections aren't worth, like we still care about this universe. It's just Biosyn is a very specific reference for the book. So I feel like they will use Biosyn in name only. And it's just a new rival company that has nothing to do with the Biosyn that we've kind of built up from the book in the movie world. And what was I going to say? Oh, and Dr. Wu, because Dr. Wu left Fallen Kingdom. Confl- well, he left being dragged out, but he was conflicted about working for Mills because he was watching all of his babies being sold off and his technology being sold off. I don't think he really knew what he signed up for. He just wanted money to play in a lab. He didn't, I don't think he really, he was kind of just like, whatever, okay, you're going to sell a couple dinosaurs. I don't think he really got the full implications of what was happening at the end of fallen kingdom and what he signed up for. So, and again, combined with this idea that we're not really getting any new character actor starring, like we're not getting any b- new big names in Dominion other than returning cast members. So I think this is maybe Wu's chance to go full mad scientist. I mean, he was right there at the end of Fallen Kingdom. And look, all he's got to do is just inject a little bit of dinos- dinosaur DNA inside of him, and then he'll go full human hybrid. So that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. No. Uh, yeah, I think this could be Wu's time to shine. So I don't see him. But then again, and yeah, Clayton and Swerve make some really great points here. It's like Wu has always played second fiddle. That's kind of his angst. That was his angst in the original Jurassic Park book was him kind of Hammond not appreciating him. So you could see him scuttling through the darkness to work for Biosyn, working for a rival company, and again, sort of being overshadowed and taken advantage of and kind of that angst and anger about that. But 
because yeah, you could if if the franchise is to continue, you could have Doctor Wu be this kind of shadowy presence, you know, and continue to be sort of a villain throughout. So I don't know. Yeah, what it, I mean, what do you guys want? I I also hope for, and we talked about this. Uh, I feel like I've talked about this a bunch, but I also th- I also think Wu should. I I would almost prefer to wrap that storyline up, but I'm going to talk about more wrapping up stuff as we get as we finish a couple of these points, but. Yeah, I, I would almost prefer them to wrap up Wu's storyline. I think, I, and I think that would be great for him to be the villain, one of the main villains, if not the main villain, to really feel like, wow, we've really, he's really evolved into a full, complex, interesting antagonist. So Dilophosaurus returns. No brainer. Yes, yes, yes. I, if I had to bet money on anything for this movie, it's the Dilophosaurus returning. Like, out of any. Any theory at all, it's the Dilophosaurus. It just, it would feel like such a rise of the rise of Skywalker level. Like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't do this question mark or didn't follow up on this. Not following up on the Dilophosaurus would feel like such a, because at this point, it really feels like they, it's almost been like a purposeful teasing. Like, in Jurassic World, you get the hologram. In Fallen Kingdom, you get the, their sounds. So, like, they're there, but you don't see them. And you get the statue. So it's just like, and the fact that it is the only Jurassic Park dinosaur from the original movie that we have never seen again since the, again, I've said this before, but it's just this poetic, this poetic beauty of having the Dilophosaurus come back. Now what's interesting is that will we get the Dilophosaurus the same size as the original Jurassic Park, which was purposely made smaller and again, some people, and I think in the Jurassic World ride, they sort of come out and say that like, oh, because of the way I did the DNA or whatever, you know, Dilophosaurus actually are much bigger than that. But we just sort of made like a puppy dog version that are only, essentially, that's what domesticated dogs are. They're like puppy versions of wolves or whatever. And so I think it'd be cool to see a, like, like a, you know, full like Allosaurus sized Dilophosaurus. I don't know. I, I liked that Dilophosaurus had this kind of nimble kangaroo predator kind of thing going on. So I don't know. I, I don't feel strongly either way. I know that I want to see the Dilophosaurus, but I don't really care what size it is. But I think Clayton and Swerve brought up some good points for why it would feel even more satisfying if it was full-sized. So let let me know what you think. Spinosaurus returns. More accurate Spinosaurus. I don't know if you've seen the news. I mentioned in the last mini-sode, but basically the they like the spinosaurus could be the first true swimming dinosaur whether it was kind of walking on f- all fours like swimming paddle like somebody did some paleo art of like the spinosaurus actually didn't even have feet and arms it had paddles and had like but it had the full crocodile tail still with the sp- um the sail and yeah the spinosaurus returns and they brought up, you know, it'd be cool. Like the spinosaurus and the mosasaurus in the water. So that could justify more water-based setting in dominion. But I, and you know, um, I've mentioned this before and I'm sure most people know this by now, but they were going to bring back the spinosaurus to fight Rexy in, uh, fallen kingdom during the volcano part, but they replaced it with the sinoceratops carnotaurus fight. I feel like to me, Jurassic Park 3 is the lowest grossing film of the franchise. I just don't think they're going to spend a lot of time on fan service for Jurassic Park 3. I think, I think in, in that regard, any fan service towards Lost, there's definitely been more Lost World touches throughout 
Jurassic World and like some of the score, Jakino's score references Lost World and Jurassic World. And then just some of the elements, a lot of the elements in Fallen Kingdom, as far as like overall film structure and tone were more Lost World-ish. And obviously the mention of Sorna, I think with, I just, I don't, and again, this is where, again, my my sort of the sort of knowledge of that the franchise will continue after this. To me, it feels like in an already crowded movie in the sense that there's a lot to do and a lot is happening. I just don't see the Spinosaurus bringing any value to this story other than other than that it would be fun for somebody like me who grew up like when you were that age when you hated the Spinosaurus because it took down the T-Rex. But now you're sort of weirdly nostalgic about it. Brad. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, it's, I just think, I just don't think people care enough about that. I think, I know we do. I know like people listen to this podcast care about that. I just don't think they're going to spend that time. I don't think general audiences are going to be like, oh, cool. The T-Rex killed the Spinosaurus. Glad, glad Rexy got her revenge, but it wasn't really Rexy who was killed by the Spinosaurus. It just, it feels like a huge tangent for me, the Spinosaurus, but who knows? Would you want the Spinus? Do you want that rematch? We've been promised. Promised, quote unquote. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, we're we're back from this from this break that I sort of set up on the fly. <laughs> the cuz the last two points are are kind of big points and they talk about will any of the legacy characters die? Grant, Sattler, Malcolm, and or even maybe Owen and Claire dying as we get into the to the last point. And I I like what Clayton had to say a lot, the Star Wars sequel trilogy effect and that in those films, we had um we had one of the remaining cast members of the of that original trio, Han, Luke, and Leia, die in each film over the course of the franchise, and we never got to see them together. We saw Han and Leia together, but never, you know, Luke with Han and Leia. Um, and I think, you know, again with with this sort of perceived backlash of the Last Jedi, which to me, I mean, I, you know, I I'm a Last Jedi guy, but. I do I do appreciate the fun of having all your main characters together. I just think Colin's in a unique position to sort of scene these two franchises. And they've talked about it before. Colin's done interviews where it's like the reverse Star Wars thing where slowly reintroducing elements from the original Jurassic Park franchise back into Jurassic World. And so I just and this goes back to like, you know, the first or second 
point they were talking that uh, Clayton and Swerve were making, like, here's a chance to to have things meet together. And how satisfying is that going to be when Grant meets Blue and Sattler and Claire talking and, you know, it like, and Malcolm is like trying to flirt with Zia or something like, you know, uh, like I don't just having all this, this sort of cocktail, this sort of stew of, you know, really great elements from the original franchise and really great elements from Jurassic world all in the mix together and, you know, and again, going back to the Malcolm as antagonistic role, I just don't think I don't think the original legacy characters have earned deaths. And we know that earning deaths and how deaths God, I'm saying that very weird uh, and how they work in this franchise. It's just it's very strange. And I don't you know, we've as we've leaned into the modern era, it's less random and more, you know, more heroic and stuff like that. And so I just don't see, I think we're bringing these characters back. I think again, was if Frank Marshall is talking about this as a new era, I feel like you get them back in the game. I don't think you take them out. I don't think you take out, take out these characters right now. I think you kind of complete their roles in a satisfying way in dominion. But I, I honestly think like, and I don't know if I would have felt I, but I've always felt like this, this is something that I felt for a long time. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, this isn't the end. This, I never felt like Jurassic world three was truly going to be the end. It just felt weird that they brought back this, this world and this franchise three movies and out like that's just not practical it's just not how things work now and the fact that like the new jurassic ride just opened this year or last year like this it felt like all this was building towards one like again it's it's not like the marvel universe where it's been all these films and 10 years of development it's like we have this one amazing movie we have some great sequels some interesting sequels you know some kind of it's been kind of an odd duck of a of a roadmap. I think they're finally collecting all the puzzle pieces together. I think I just said that earlier to to create things that are satisfying, but I don't think they are in some ways they're not going to be definitive. At least I don't think for the legacy characters. I think they're there to sort of, you know, hey, Rocky, you know, like, you know, pour the water and rub the shoulders. Like, I just don't think that I, I think Maybe Ellie Sattler will come back in a more definitive way in the sense that her story will be more directly tied to what happens in Dominion because Laura Dern supposedly has the biggest role of the three returning characters. But yeah, I just don't think, I just don't think that that's, I don't, that's not where the focus is going to be. Although I do like the idea that Clayton was saying of maybe Malcolm could die a slow death. And then that I think feels more kind of in line with what how he of what happened to him in the original Jurassic Park. And it's almost like this kind of sad, you know, like I was right and you were wrong. And you know, like I I told you so sort of thing. But that that feels very cynical. Uh it feels too cynical for this franchise at this point. Uh, maybe in, maybe Jurassic Park three, but not Jurassic World three. Uh and then this goes into the last point where they talk about dinosaur deaths, Blue and Rexy. And as far as like Owen and Claire, I love the idea that maybe Blue dies defending Owen. I could totally see something like that or or Blue dies saving Claire, you know, something like that. And maybe even Owen or Claire dying saving Blue. I, I personally like the idea of humans diving, 
dying to save the dinosaurs. I like that. Uh, and like Swerve and Clayton, I don't think they're going to kill off both. I think if someone's going to die, I think Rexy's going to die. I think, I think she's lived a long life. I think, I don't know what that kind of death will be, whether it's in my mind, I almost see it as something that like, like Rexy is used again to kick off the movie, but it's her death that drives the characters to do something. I just don't see Rexy being sort of useful narratively because if dinosaurs are just wandering around, like why would blue and Rexy be wandering together unless they were like working together, (laughs) unless they're working together. It's a buddy comedy. It's a road trip comedy, just two gals, Thelma and Luis, Blue and Rexy, just living their life, you know? They go to a country bar, they get drunk, dance with this new hot Deinonychus. Uh, You know, maybe they shoot somebody. God, I haven't seen Thelma and Luis forever. I actually for- forget how it goes. But I-, I could see Rexy sort of dying in sort of the same, in a similar way, but more emboldening, like the Brachiosaurus death in Fallen Kingdom. I, I don't, I- personally, I see Blue being representative of, life finding a way and all this stuff. Like I think, I think it was Kelly, Kelly Bailey, maybe listener who mentioned something about, I apologize if I'm getting the person's name wrong, if I'm thinking of the wrong person, but I feel like somebody recently said something like blue's going to get pregnant and have babies. And so it's like this idea of life finding a way and the animals are breeding. Like I think dominion is going to be a hopeful movie. I, so I truly think the there's going to be a lot of saving going on. I don't think I don't think a lot of people are going to die in Dominion. I I just may, I could see <laughs> I could see maybe like Lowry dying for some reason. Like that feels funny and not too devastating. Like sorry, uh, Lowry, and I just could see Jake Johnson doing that so well. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my thought about that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to go to a couple of group questions. Or there was two questions in the group. And um, uh, oh, yeah, this is from Nick. This is from Nick in the Facebook group. See Jurassic Right podcast. He says location scouting. Do you think these may vary? Be flexible to account for possible location difficulty. So this is in regards to Dominion. Starting filming in July, Sam Neill also did an interview recently that wasn't, you know, because certain countries are obviously more strict than others. And some some places are coming back online, even though we haven't really figured anything out about the pandemic, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Sam Neill was sort of like joking, half jokingly being like, what if they brought down the lo-? because if they can't film in London where they had all these sets at Pinewood, maybe they bring the filming to uh, New Zealand or Australia. So that's kind of the context for this question so nick asked location scouting do you think these may very be flexible to account for possible location difficulty my home of new zealand hey kiwi has currently got a great track record for the virus i mean as of now it was completely eliminated so we know they've looked at nz in the past that's true and clayton's done some videos on this about new zealand was originally going to be the location for the lost world but they decided to go local with the redwoods um, will they start building more sets with green screen and CGI backgrounds in it? So they don't have to risk travel. If that's the case, I hope they push it to mid 2022 to ensure we get good quality environments. Cause Jurassic park has always been extremely dependent on lo- locales that are set. And that being said, film wise, we're in a new world now where we're seeing the effect on the general public at large. So many parallels to our current worldwide situation. And do they reference it in the movie? So many questions. I mean, as far as we know, the script hasn't changed since, you know, 
I guess when they started filming. So I don't know if they would mention that, but I mean, you can still read parallels into that. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of opinions right now about how to start filming again. Do they just not do scenes with big crowds and stuff like that? But the great thing and the thing that Colin's been saying for a while is that this isn't the Jurassic Park movie where, you know, dinosaurs are rampaging through cities. It's more of the battle at Big Rock style sort of thing. So I don't, I don't know if we're going to have anything to worry about really. I think there's going to be at least one or two scenes where there's a big attack in a city. And I know that they were filming in sort of a, a city, like a small town center, uh, the stuff that we saw with Macy. So I don't know if we're going to really have to worry about that. I think just based on, I mean, you know, this is going to be a worldwide movie, but I don't think it's going to be a like, you know, 200 dinosaurs running over a hill into a city. Like I did, you know, it's not the writers of Rohan style. Like I don't, in a weird way, it's interesting because fallen kingdom. I mean, it, you know, it follows kind of the second movie template where like the final battle is this more intimate thing. We're in Lockwood Manor, you know, a few dinosaurs escape, whatever, but I, I think we're going to get a very different looking third movie um, coming from Dominion. I don't think it's going to resemble many third movies. Your Return of the Jedi's, your The Rise of Skywalker's, your Return of the Kings. I don't the Matrix Revolutions. Like I don't think it's going to look. What if what if Dominion's most sort of third movie that it resembles is Back to the Future Three. I'm not going to say any more than that. And the last question from Jeremiah, uh, Belgian Jurassic, who has actually a new YouTube channel and he's posting toy reviews and comparisons and stuff. It's really great. So I'll put a link to, to Belgian Jurassic's YouTube channel in the notes, but with the rumors that Jurassic will continue beyond dominion, does this diminish the value of the movie ending? Like there's no real conclusion. And so this is the thing that I, I, I really like your question, Jeremiah. And I think that this is going to be the conclusion of Owen and Claire's story. And it's going to set up a world where dinosaurs roam free and it's like Dinotopia, but not as fun or whatever. (laughs) It's not as like steampunky, but I think, I think practically, I think there, there isn't a lot for Claire and Owen to go. I think in some ways, you know, because we live in an age where movies continue and franchises keep going until they run out of steam or whatever, I don't think there's a lot of room left for characters like Claire Owen. I think we were already introduced to them really late in their kind of cycle. And so I think I truly, here's what I truly think. I think this is going to finish Claire and Owen's story. It's, they're going to be like, you know, and somewhere satisfying. We got, you know, our trio, original Jurassic trio, like kind of in there in the ring, cheering them on. And we have this world where dinosaurs and humans coexist. And then I think like it's going to, they're going to, it's, it's going to be Macy. Like, I think that this, the next phase of this franchise is, is going to be led by, you know, cause you're always having to skew younger because you, you know, cause those people can be in more for longer. And I just think that as far as like, you know, I, I love Owen and Claire, but I think as far as likability goes, I feel like they weren't necessarily, the most well-received protagonists in all of these new franchises. I mean, you look at, you look at Ray, you look at Finn, you look at Poe, like they want something like that. And I could totally see them 
Dominion is the satisfying ending for the Jurassic World franchise, for the Jurassic Park franchise, and then whatever this like Jurassic Generation Jurassic or Jurassic Universe, whatever. I think it's it's Macy, it's Blue, going on adventures, and then you know Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce can show up every once in a while, and Laura Dern and whoever. And, you know, especially all the the fact that they're bringing back all the side characters from Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom means that they're setting up those people to keep going. Like, I could see Macy and then having Daniela and Justice and maybe Jake Johnson and um, Omar Asai, if they don't get eaten, like providing support to whatever Macy is trying to do. I just feel like, to me, she's the most compelling element of Fallen Kingdom. And I think that's where the franchise is headed. I think it's this young, exciting just feel it not feeling sort of dragged down by the weight of the responsibility, you know, people wanting courtroom scenes with Claire on trial, like, ugh, ugh, like why this, these are dinosaur movies. We want, I want, <laughs> I want Macy riding blue into battle with a, with a lightsaber. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know that we joke about that stuff, but I, I, I think that there is an element to Jurassic that I think can be very, burdened by this weight and it's like no we love dinosaurs because we're curious about the world we're curious about the universe and jurassic has always had to deal deal with the weight of them being brought back because of sort of greed and hubris so it's like how do you balance out that that kind of heaviness i think that that the franchise needs to move forward and be lighter and lighter instead of getting darker i don't think it needs to get darker i think it needs to be lighter i think we love dinosaurs because it kind of keeps a part of us, our childhood selves alive. So to me, this can only get lighter. I, I just think to keep the franchise alive and to keep it going into places where, again, the original movie was truly family friendly in the best kind of way and was educational and stirred your curiosity, your imagination, your wonder, and then, you know, fear and the sublime and all that stuff. And I think the franchise you know, it, it sort of needs to get darker before it gets lighter. But I think we're, I think Fallen Kingdom was the dip. And I think now we're just going to go back up again. And as Frank Marshall says, into a whole new era. So anyway, wow, I was talking for almost an hour. So that was my response video, which is longer than their original video. But again, big thanks to Clayton and Swerve. I sort of, I've never done this kind of like, this is like a rap battle. Like I'm going to respond, you know, to their like, you know, I'm not roasting them. I, this, there was, it was such a great video because I'm not a big speculator. I like to theorize with friends, you know, friends and family. But again, we, we have almost like an extra six months now or whatever to sort of sit around and, and do this kind of just sky's the limit sort of thinking. And yeah, they had such great theories that I just never thought of before new angles, new, new thematic richness and stuff that I just truly wanted to sit back and just respond to it. So Again, the original video is the top 10 Jurassic World Dominion theories with Swerve. It's on Clayton's channel. I'll put a link to the original video. I'll put a link to follow Clayton and Swerve. Um, I know Clayton has Instagram. I don't know what social media Swerve has, but I'll look it up. And I'll also put a link to the news stories that I mentioned in this episode, as well as Belgian Jurassic's YouTube channel. Let me know. I want to. I truly want to keep this going. I want to hear your theories you know, make videos, make podcasts, Jurassic Park podcast, Jurassic Outpost. I'm calling you both out. Unicast, everybody get Victoria's uh, Cantina 
um, you know, I want all of you to do something because we just got to keep this. We got to keep this stuff going. So uh, thanks, everyone. And again, check out my latest interview with Tom Jurassic. And also the I think the Lola Minkard's interview will come out first and then I'll drop this. So check that out if you didn't check out Lola's yet, because that gets more into what scenes from the book that we want to see in Dominion or beyond, because there's so much great content from the books that we've never seen on screen and who knows, maybe we'll see some of them in Dominion. Maybe we'll see some of them in Camp Cretaceous or whatever the future may hold that Jurassic Park TV series. And yeah, the final question, I found a question for the month. I knew I wasn't going to give you homework the last time I talked to you on the, mini, uh, on the mini-sode. But do you want Dominion, now that Jurassic World Dominion looks like it might start filming again sooner than I certainly thought, do you still want it to hit that June 2021 release date? Or would you prefer it take its time and come out in 2022? Because filming, it's four months behind now. So it has a lot to catch up with. And personally, I'd rather let it take its time. And then next year, we'll just celebrate the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park 3. And we'll do something special for that. So uh, I'm so glad we're back full on Jurassic mode on this podcast. Thank you, everyone. And yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.